thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow, and I greatly appreciate you guys checking out another edition of the show. And uh, I'm really excited, you guys. I'm in a really good mood. I turned 34 last week uh, on March 4th, you know, 34 on 3-4, and just... Uh, it's kind of just a, you know, a really, uh, I'm an introspective dude in general, but it's just kind of a really cool period of my life where, you know, turning 34 and, and you know, being in my mid-30s and, you know, in some ways it's kind of crazy to say that out loud because you take a step back and you go, wow, like I'm way closer to, to 40 than I am 20 and I remember 20 like it was yesterday, but um, but it was, a, it was a really good birthday. It was great to spend some time with some of my friends and it was also a reflective weekend, you know, for me. It was the first birthday in five years that I wasn't with my ex-girlfriend. So it was it was sad in some ways, but it was also like, um, I feel like just a culmination of this journey that I've been on over this last almost year now since our breakup. And, you know, and on top of that, just having a lot of death, like I've talked about on the show in, in my periphery and around me, you know, um, it, it was a, it was definitely the most challenging year of my life. But through all of that, and really, I, I ended up kind of living the theme of this whole podcast and the whole meaning behind March 4th, you know, persevering and moving forward. That's exactly what I've been doing in this last year. So it's kind of weird how life ends up, you know, imitating art. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just, I'm in a really positive headspace. I'm going to have a chance to get some R&R here uh, in, in uh, a little over, really just just over a week now, I'll be going on vacation and getting a chance to see the beach and spend some time with, with both sets of my parents. And I haven't been down to either of their places um, in four years, man. So, I mean, I've had a chance to see them over the holidays here and there and whatnot over the last four years, but I haven't been to their place down in the sun in a while. So I'm really looking forward to that. I got to load up on that SPF because your boy is super white. But um but yeah, so I'm just in a really good headspace, man. I'm in a really positive place, and uh, this last week in particular has just kind of, um, I've been more introspective than usual, and in a good way. Like I said, there is some sadness just because it's like, you're like, wow, you know, it's been a while since I've been, um, you know, single on, on my birthday, and you start thinking about all those memories you had with, you know, a former flame, and it you know, there's, there's highs and lows that obviously come with that, but, uh, I wish her well, and I hope she's doing great. There's no bad blood. And, um, and again, just being 34 on three, four, like we had two 22, 22 this year. And so and in some ways, three, four on three, four was kind of like my sort of like, wow, you know, and this podcast being March 4th, it all just kind of lined up in the universe, y'all. So suffice to say, I'm in a really good mood, man. And, uh, I'm really excited about this week's episode you know, I was looking at, at my guests and I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've had a female guest on the show, you know, and um, there's so many talented female artists out there from a musical perspective. And obviously, I have a lot of musicians on this show because that's what I love. But uh, but there's also just a lot of awesome women out there empowering other women to do great things. 
And I was like, dude, you know what? I need to switch it up a little bit because it's just been dude after dude after dude on here. And I'm very thankful for all of them. And I love all of them and I love all their music. But I was like, it's time to to get some more women on this podcast and talk about their journeys and what they've gone through and all the awesome things that they're doing. So this week's guest is none other than Melodica. She is a Canadian-based musical artist. And her sound, I, I would say the the overarching umbrella of, of her music could be categorized as pop, but she's got a lot of electronic and dance elements in her sound as well. It's been described as new retro meets like electro pop, and she's definitely got some throwback vibes in there too. You know, we talk about uh, we talk about that on this episode in terms of an affinity for the eighties and nineties uh, um, and the eighties in particular, and. I really dig her sound, man. She came out with her Dancing Without You EP just last July of 2021. She released her first album, her debut album in 2018, Unaware. And what I really think is cool about what she does and why I'm so excited for this episode is that it's an all-encompassing artistic project. There's a lot of thought that she puts into her music videos and the messages within them and really bringing the songs to life in that way. Um, you know, some of my favorites, Crazy, Dancing Without You, Tangled Hearts, Don't Believe You Speak, um, Unaware Part 2, Downtown Summer. Um, she's also collabed with Crossed Out, uh, who is her, her boyfriend. His his uh, real first name is Aaron. His rap name is Crossed Out. And so we talk about their relationship and uh, kind of their cool musical love story. It's just um, – it's it's been really cool, man, to uh, to just – connect with so many awesome musicians and so many awesome people on this show and so like I said man I just was like man I gotta get some more women on here and I'm a genuine fan of what she's doing her latest single is Digital Dreams it just came out on February 25th and as of listening to this podcast for all of you out there it's nearing 14,000 streams on Spotify. The YouTube videos racked up over 5,000 views already. So when we actually recorded this conversation, it was about a week, I want to say, before the single dropped. So, um, you know, we talk about it, you know, with it coming out. But just to give you guys an update of where her latest single at is at, that's where it is. It's doing really, really well for her. And it, it couldn't happen to a better person, man. Like I said, she's She's just got a really cool story, as you guys will hear, as somebody who's persevered, somebody who's moved forward. She's gone through some difficult times, and she's really going after her dreams, man. So she really embodies what this podcast is all about. So without further ado, I'm going to show my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Melodica. Here it is. <laughs> Melodica, thanks again so much for taking the time to do the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, I've been I've been jamming your stuff a lot today, and and like we were talking before I hit record, I really dig the electronic, the dance elements, the retro vibe. So I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. First interview of 2022. So, well, you're welcome. I'm happy that I could be I could be the first one to to get you on here. Um, well, we'll get into the fact that that digital dreams. By the time people hear this, uh, it'll be March, and that one will be out. So I'm sending up positive vibes in advance for the single. I know it's going to do great, but let me know. Um, I always like to start these things off by just asking people, 
what really got them into music. You know, obviously you're, you're in that pop dance electronic realm, uh, but you've also featured on like Runaway with Crossed Out, your boyfriend. Um, so what, what was the first musical memory that, that's uh, in your brain, like the first thing that grabbed you musically? Honestly, this is always the hardest question because <laughs> I feel like my whole life has been about music. I, I really say that truly because I grew up with my father being a drummer and he's been in like local bands here in Montreal and he, all he talks about is music and plays, you know, records like Boston and Journey and growing up and all of that good stuff. So I was from the start really exposed to music. Um, yeah, what could I say? Just jamming to the Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls <laughs> all day long as a kid my furthest memories it's just me singing and dancing in front of family members just for fun in the living room so it goes way back um cool thing my mom used to say I literally just started singing before even speaking words so oh wow yeah it's just huge part of my life always has been so so are you 80s baby 90s kid like me I'm a nineties kid. 92. Oh, you're nineties. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. you're you, okay. So I got to ask you then just right off the jump then, cause you do have like a, a retro vibe in your sound, which I dig. Are, do you prefer eighties to nineties or nineties to eighties? I mean, obviously, you know, you weren't living in the eighties, but musically like what, or do you, do you love it all? I love it all. But if I had to pick, it would be eighties. The eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I saw too, as a teenager, um, cause it was the Toronto guardian, right. Had, had like a feature on you. And, and you, you said that you really loved tool and lady Gaga. And I was like, man, those are two different ends of the spectrum. So did the tool stuff was, did that, was that coming from your dad or was that just something that grabbed you? That's something I discovered. I was, man, I was 16 years old and as most teenagers, like I was super angsty. I was going through a rough time. I was a mess. And I, I had just discovered Tool on YouTube. I was always just searching for new music uh, to listen to. I used to do the whole MP3 stream from YouTube converter for my little, like, I didn't even have an iPod. I had those little shuffle MP3 things and just drag and drop music files. And I came across Sober. And his voice just resonated so much with me. The singer Maynard, he had like this really lower baritone vibrato, uh, almost like a post grunge because I was really into Alice in Chains and all that kind of stuff too. And man, like that music was just so great. And Tool just became my favorite band as a teenager. And up until this day, like I'm so inspired by their music for the sole fact that they're just so unique. And they just do their own thing and they don't, they don't follow trends. They don't do what people um, tell them they should do or what they think they should do. They just do them. And so that vibe kind of just stayed with me um, moving forward into a, the time I started doing my own music too. I just had that attitude, like, just do me. That's cool. Yeah. Maynard is definitely a one of a kind guy. I mean, they're, they're a band I, I would say is on, is on my bucket list to see live them and a perfect circle. Like I've, I would say I probably lean just, just because I love the alternative and, and hard rock stuff. Um, I, I lean a little bit more to uh, a perfect circle, but I still really appreciate and enjoy what tool does too. I feel that I actually, it's funny you say that because 
now that I, I'm a little bit older and I kind of outdone all the Tool albums, I got back into a perfect circle and their album that came out in 2018, uh, Eat the Elephant, that's so underrated. That album's gold. <laughs> I got to Yeah, I got to give that one a spin. I remember when that one was coming out and um, I don't know that I've listened to that one front to back yet, um, but I got to I'm going to have to check that one out because, um, yeah, I, I, I just feel like their impact, especially on what's going on now musically. I mean, Tool Tool kind of took that progressive sort of like art rock and, you know, longer songs. And it's just uh, the musician, the musicianship, say that one three times fast. Uh, I've always really appreciated with those guys. So when was the first time that you, you actually uh, sang, like you mentioned, like dancing around and stuff as a kid with family members and whatnot, but do you remember the first time like you, you performed in front of people? Like, did you ever do plays and stuff as a kid or anything like that? Oh, this is a cool story. Um, in elementary school, I'm trying to think if I was maybe, I must have been in grade four. Um, we were doing like an end of show concert. I guess all of like the, the students in the class were singing like this song uh, by R. Kelly. I think it was World's Greatest. And the, the lead singer was sick on that day. And I remember she had like this solo at the end of the song. And they needed to replace someone as soon as possible to do the solo. And I was kind of like, I could do it. <laughs> My parents were crying because they, they came to the show and they had no idea that I was going to do a solo. So we never got to record it. But that was the first time I performed like alone in front of people. I did. I took over that solo spot of that girl that was sick. <laughs> were, were you nervous? Oh my God. Yeah. Even just thinking about it, like, I, I get, I still have stage fright, but I was so nervous, like never did anything like that again until I was about 11. I took singing lessons for one year and I sang a song, super nervous. And um, yeah, literally there was this huge gap from the age of 11 years old until the age of 24 was the first time I went back on stage. Oh, wow. Wow. And is yep. it, is it because of just like getting in front of people that, that type of thing, like the, the performance anxiety or, or, or just the, the crowd? You know, it's a bunch of things. Honestly, I never even knew that I would get into music seriously. I kind of did it really later on. And last minute I dropped out of university um, to pursue music. So my whole plans kind of just changed all of a sudden. And so I realized like, hey, now that I dropped out of school and I'm writing my own songs, now I have to perform them. And I'm like, shit, I'm 24 years old and I haven't been on stage since I was 11. Um, and I have never even really done open mic before that because um, I was so scared. Like my stage fright is pretty intense. I don't even think I've done karaoke unless I was wasted. So <laughs> <laughs> has it gotten better over the years? It actually has surprisingly, like I, when I go up there, I'm so scared. Like I burn up red in the face, but I just do it, get it done. And then after, like, it's just like this feeling, like I can't even explain, like of like relief and joy. And like, I, then you want to do it again. And then it's the full cycle again. Then you're scared. You're shitting your pants. You can't yeah. believe you're going to go on stage. It's like this cycle that never ends for me. Yeah. That, I feel <laughs> like that's like textbook, um, 
you know, like fight or flight, you know what I mean? Like, cause I've, I've struggled with panic attacks over the years and, um, you know, as an adult, like they haven't been like, I'll be, I'll be 34 in a couple of weeks and I don't really get them too much anymore. And usually I, I, I just feel like my triggers are definitely exhaustion. You know what I mean? If I've like worn myself down, cause for me, like I'm a worry wart. So when I go to bed at night, um, a lot of times I'll lose more sleep because I'll just, I'll just look at YouTube and I'll just like watch funny videos or like dumb videos before I go to bed, just <laughs> so like I can get my brain in the headspace. Cause it's always like a hamster in a wheel, you know what I mean? So, um, I should probably get back into more like yoga and meditation, but just relating to, um, you know, what you're saying with that, like, I remember as a kid, I did a couple of plays. I remember I did a Christmas play in like fourth grade. And for me, it was always like, I liked making people laugh. Like to this day, I still, not that I think like I'm funny, but I, I just, I enjoy trying to make people feel comfortable. Like if I see somebody in a social situation, like I'm kind of an introverted extrovert and I like to try to make them feel comfortable. And, and like my grandpa had this, like, it was a superpower to me where he could, you could see him from a distance and like, you would probably think that person he was talking to was his best friend, but it might've been somebody he just met 10 minutes ago. He just had that way about him where he could, you know, people could be themselves about him around them. And uh, I always admired that about him. So when I was a kid, like I I wasn't necessarily a, a class clown, but I enjoyed making like my buddies laugh and stuff. And so doing the plays like in music class was one thing, like in front of the students, like that was cool. But then when it was like the parents and everybody else was there and it was like a production and the curtain open, I was like, man, I don't know if I, <laughs> if I really like this. So I admire people who have the courage to perform like that because all eyes are on you, you know, even if you're in a band, but especially as like a solo singer, I can only imagine what that's like to be like, uh, but then when you nail it, like going back to as a kid, like, did you, did you were like when you started singing, did it start to kind of go away? Were you like, okay, I'm, I'm cool now. I'm just going to, I'll be, I'll be fine. It never went away because um, there was like so many weird things that happened to me as a teenager in regards to music. Like, um, and I, I love talking about this because in looking back, I see how how wrong it was that something like that happened to me in elementary school. But essentially what happened was I auditioned for a school play. I was in, um, I don't know if you know too much about like the high school grades here in Canada, but like. I think grade, um, like grade five and elementary, non-elementary and high school years would be like, I was 15 years old. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So anyways, I was auditioning, auditioning for a school play. I remember I sang Hey Jude from the Beatles. I nailed every note. It was the perfect range for me. And one of the professors loved it. And they wanted me to be the lead singer of the musical. But the other two teachers said no, because my math grades were really bad. Like I was really struggling in math and science in school. Like, I don't know what it was about me, but I was always in La La Land daydreaming. Maybe I have ADHD. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Um, So I was so bummed out. And, you know, like when something like that happens to a kid when they're 15 years old, something they're actually really good of and proud of, and it gets taken away from them starts making you doubt a little bit right so looking back that's kind of what happened to me and I was kind of unsure if I would ever pursue music until later on I kind of got over myself and just was like no this is what I love to do and dropped out of university and pursued that 
right? But that when that thing happened to me in high school, I'll never forget. It completely shut me down for a couple of years. So that that rejection of like, hey, you can't you can't sing this, even though you nailed the audition. It it made you it like it made you have self doubt about should I actually be doing music stuff? Well, yeah, because then it makes you wonder like. So it's not about the music and the talent, right? It's about external things because it wasn't about me not being good at the role. It was about me not being good at math. So what did that have to do with the role? Yeah. And that comes to play a lot too as an adult in the music industry. <laughs> so ironically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know. And, and I used to hate as a kid where it was like, um, you know, you'd hear coaches or teachers be like, life's not fair. And then as an adult, you're kind of like, yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of other factors at play, but I also believe like, I don't know, I, I believe, I do believe in karma. Like I, I believe, um, whatever you do good or bad, it eventually comes back around. And we, when we get what we deserve, good or bad, eventually. And, and sometimes it's hard because you see, you see great things happen to people who, who maybe aren't the best people. And you're like, oh, why is, why is that person catching a break? Why can't I get, you know what I mean? But I, I think eventually we, we all do get what we deserve, you know? And also, um, I've learned too. like, I'm, I'm kind of an introverted extro- extrovert. You gotta, you gotta put yourself out there and fight for yourself too, you know, and believe in yourself, you know, cause I, I relate to that, that self-doubt, you know, and I think for me, it was more anxiety driven, like, you know, um, like I, I started out writing in journalism and, uh, I was terrified about ever being on the camera because of panic attacks. I was like, Oh, what if I get sick? I'm going to be, you know, I always go like A to Z. I'm like, then I'm going to go viral for puking all over some high school field at some game. And like, you know what I mean? I go to like the worst thing immediately, but to your point, you know, then when you do it, it, it empowers you and gives you confidence. And really for me, that was something that helped me come out of my shell a lot when I got the opportunity to start doing broadcasting at a local level, you know, where I'm from in Ohio and the States uh, back home and, and doing sports and stuff. And, and it gave me the confidence to do this, this kind of stuff, you know? So um, for you then Melodica, what was the moment, you know, so that happens, you said you're like 15 and then you end up dropping out of university. And we kind of talked about before, I think I hit record of as a creative person, having to scratch that itch. So obviously you're doing music now, so it never went away, but what was the turning point or the tipping point that made you go, man, you know what, like the path that I'm on, I know if I, if I stay on this it won't be fulfilling. And I need to, I need to make music the focal point again. So much things happened. Like the turning point was literally after um, a Europe trip, I had completed my first semester at university at the time I was studying um, therapeutic recreation. Um, This is sort of like combining social work and psychology on health and fitness and other leisure activities, kind of like a more like social type of program with psychology. And I loved it because I genuinely love helping people. Um, And I feel like I do that now through music anyway, which is great. But after that semester, I did what I, what society told me to do. I went to school, I studied my ass off. I got like really high grades. And then I did like the cool thing, like, oh, let's go backpack Europe, go on a Europe trip. And like, I just met such cool, nice people when I was in Europe. It kind of just like changed my perspective, seeing like different places, meeting different people, experiencing new experiences. And when I came back home, I kind of felt 
like like a void like it felt like a dark hole going back to school so I I literally just dropped out like it was just like out of nowhere my mom was pissed I was in the middle of the semester and I was like yeah no I'm done actually I think I'm gonna go do this trade school uh, and learn the recording arts I want to learn the things I should have learned like five years ago so it was it was super spontaneous it's not like a, a huge story but that was literally the turning point like a, I can't explain it a light just went off and it was like it's now or never and how many years ago was that now melodica so that was in 2014 okay so then yeah I did the full year trade and that's actually where I met crossed out we met a recording arts Canada uh and then right after I'm I just ditched home I left Montreal and moved to Toronto and we were living there almost six years Oh, wow. Wow. So who made the first move? I, I was going to ask you guys about your, your love story about how you guys met. So did, did you make the first move or did he make the first move? How did it how did it come together? It was so mutual because the thing is, we were just like buddies. We were just friends online. We weren't even in the same class. Everyone knew who I was because we were literally just two girls in the whole school. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, because it's audio engineering unfortunately not a lot of women were studying that at the time and I think yeah there was a Facebook post that Aaron made and he was looking for like another singer for like a punk band he wanted to just jam with people and do like punk music and I was like that sounds fun like I'd be interested but he was all the way in Campbellford um, that's like a small town outside of Toronto and so eventually he moved to Toronto and I was already at the point of contemplating, am I going to move to Toronto or go to New York City? So he was like, come check out Toronto. Like I'm interning at a studio here. There's some, there's a cool music scene. Um, yeah. So that's kind of just what happened. I went over there for like a weekend and he showed me around Toronto. It was such a nice city and I ended up moving there. And then our friendship just turned into like a relationship that lasted now seven years. <laughs> That's awesome. I always think it's yeah. great when, when, when you start off as like friends first, cause you, you appreciate all, all those aspects of each other, just communication, hanging out, you know, uh, similar interests or, or learning, even if you don't have similar interests, you know, learning more about things. And so I think that's cool. Um, how, how's that been for you guys in terms of your, your creative journeys? I mean, just to be able to go through the throes of this with somebody who's also, on a musical path as well. I mean, I, I'm sure it's, it's gotta be cool to, you know, through the highs and the lows to have somebody right beside you, who's kind of going through the same thing, you know, I mean, everybody's different, but in terms of what it's like being an independent musician, you know, it's a blessing because even if I just talk to like my friend, my close friends and family who don't do music and we just talk to them like about like the music industry, the situation, like most people don't get it. Like it's, it's such an absurd industry. Like no one ever gets it. So there's sometimes it's unfortunate, but it's almost not even a point in talking about this journey to people who just are not in the music scene, if that makes any sense. Cause the struggles are, are, are really hard and they're, they're very unique struggles being in the music industry. So having a partner who is, you know, experiencing everything that I'm experiencing, it's like, it doesn't get better than that because he just, at the end of the day, he gets it and there's just no shame. And I don't even have to explain myself and he just understands the struggle. So for that part, 
it's just super cool. And then we also have like this mutual understanding where like, if I need to be alone, like on my desk to write my songs and he's alone in his room to write his songs in the studio room, like it's cool when most people would be like, oh, you don't spend enough time with me. You're always on your music. <laughs> but for like us, it's like, we get it. So I, I feel really blessed to have a partner who's also in music, honestly. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I love talking to him. I got to get him back on here too. Um, and, and, and just speak it on that. I don't know if I've ever asked a musician this and I've always been curious because um, I know there's times where like when I was playing guitar more than I, than I do now, I'd hear like, like a riff idea in my head and I'd be like, Oh man, like, I don't want to lose it. Like, have you ever, have you ever had to like, have you been in a situation where you had to like remove yourself? Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I have this melody in my head and I have to record it in my phone. Like what have you woken up in the middle of the night and like saying something into your phone? Like when, when ideas hit you, what, what's, what's that like when you like, all right, I don't want to lose this melody or I have this, this beat or this idea in my head. Does that happen a lot with you guys? It happens. It happens to us all the time. Literally <laughs> just last week. It was funny. I had just politely asked Aaron. I'm like, can you like go hibernate in your room? Because I really have an idea and I want to record a demo. And so he's like, okay, like he gets it. He was probably on the floor writing his rap. So it happens literally all the time, but our schedules also um, are not exactly the same. So I often have a lot of free time during the day while he's at work and like vice versa for him. So we do get like a lot of private time to just like be spontaneous and record demos. And with the phone thing, I do that all the time. <laughs> I remember other jobs I had before the pandemic. I would have such a good idea. And I would literally just run to the bathroom and record in my phone. Like I had to get it off my chest right away. So it happened all the time and still happens all the time. Were, were there any of those ideas that ended up really sticking and turning into, turning into songs for you? Yeah, 80% 80, 80 of them. They usually always turn into a song. Oh, that's great. That's great. So going through that, you, you drop out of university, but at the same time, Aaron's in your life at that point, right? Was he in your life at that point or was that before or after that? He was after. Yeah. After. Okay. So after you drop out of university and then you go and meet each other at recording school and then you go to Toronto and then was it 2018 was your first album? Yep. And that one was, it was Unaware? It was, yeah, the experimental sort of electropop album called Unaware, yeah. So take me through that process, Melodica, like actually getting to the point of recording an album and also, and also picking out that name, because that's a cool name. And for people who don't know, like the logo, just quick aside, uh, by the way, for Melodica is really dope. It's actually kind of almost like a it's it's almost got like a Metallica Megadeth like <clears throat> Testament esque kind of vibe to it. Like it's that I'd be putting that logo on everything. I'm just saying like that's that's a sick logo. But um, how did you come up with the name and then take me through that process of actually being like, okay, I wanna I'm doing this music thing now. I want to record my first record because that's a pretty big undertaking. I don't think people realize what it's like actually recording an album. You know, totally. Well, I mean, so the first summer I spent in Toronto, I, I, I had no music, no, no catalog, just like my poems, my melody ideas, and just like a bunch of demos. And um, 
I was networking with uh, musicians that I met on Craigslist and I recorded my first demo that summer. We were supposed to start a band, but it didn't end up working out. There was like the two other members had some like internal conflict and we already went our separate ways. I'm like, wow, I just started a music project. We're already done. <laughs> so I kept just looking online um, to see if there were any other bands or musicians or producers who wanted to work with me. Because I'll be completely honest, I didn't even know myself yet at the time what I wanted to do with music. I sort of just wanted to like, honestly, just experiment, you know, dive into the unknown, try new things. I, I never knew like I'd be a solo artist. I was actually really hoping to be a singer of a band. That was my initial goal. And so I met this dude named Tyrone. He was a DJ and producer. And he actually created the name Melodica. We were a duo. We were an electropop duo from 2016 to 2018. So the original album artwork of Unaware has Tyrone on it, on the physical CDs that we have. So yeah, it's a cool story. I met him. We just met like from Craigslist, Craigslist and we met at a Starbucks and we were talking about music. And it was just an ongoing back and forth exchange for two years of us just like playing around with instrumentals, producing the beats and me just recording demos, coming up with new lyrics and melodies. And we were going to the studio to record. It was a great experience. It also allowed me to have a couple of original songs for the first time to actually start performing. And so finally, in 2018, we released the first project and it was the last project as a duo. And he was like, you take the name Melodica and move forward with it. And that's sort of what I've been doing since then. But I have to give him so much credit. He came up with the name Melodica because he specifically said when we had this conversation that since we were both ironically from Montreal and we met in Toronto, what if we call ourselves like Le Melodie because my name is Melanie and he saw me more as like the front woman of the duo even though we were two and so we were just going back and forth with the name until it just clicked and he's like melodica and he just said it with his big voice melodica i'm like that sounds huge <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was a that was an awesome idea and like i said it's a it's a really cool name do you still keep in touch with tyrone like are do you guys still like is he still doing music too yeah, he does his own thing. He was always into like the house music scene in Toronto. So he does his own DJ nights every Saturday. He does deep house. He has his own mix shows. We talk like at least once a month. He was supposed to DJ our set that was going to be next week. We were supposed to be performing live. Um, but with the restrictions and pandemic recently, there was some holdbacks. So we canceled the show. But we're definitely still in touch. Yep. That's really cool. It's, it's always cool when you, I feel like along the way, whatever it is that, that you do in life, there's always those people that are kind of that bridge for you, you know, that help lead you down that path that you're supposed to go on. Um, the school that, that you and Aaron met at Melodica crossed out, what was, what was the name of that school? And was it, did you say it was just for audio engineering and, and recording and stuff specifically, or were there other programs there too? It's specifically uh, audio engineering and music production and through that we were learning um sound design uh sound effects fully uh how to run like a live show like doing the technical stuff for live sound 
a little bit of music industry courses as well. Everything music and audio related, but not the theory side. We were also learning acoustics. So very technical. Okay. That's cool though. I got to imagine the foundation of that's probably even helpful now and even through the pandemic to record on your own, I'm sure, right? It gave me a better sense of like what I could do with what I have and all the possibilities. And especially um, since I was not so experienced with performing live, it helped me get an understanding of like what goes on behind the scenes and like what the audience hears and what I need to do on stage. So it was really helpful. Honestly, all the information I've learned helped me become who I am and kind of help, if that makes any sense, endure the stress of performing live. Because at least I know that it sounds good because every time we would do our shows at local bars or venues, Aaron and I would be making sure that the sound is great. Like I'd be going to talk to the sound guy and telling him what to fix. And they often didn't like that, but I didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> but so it's great. And what was that sense of accomplishment like putting out that first record unaware? Because I got to imagine that's that's probably a pretty a pretty good feeling when you get the opportunity to to get it done. And then you said there's physical copies too. Like, what's that like when you're actually holding something and you're like, wow, I did this, especially after everything you went through dropping out of school. It sounds like there, there wasn't necessarily the greatest support for you in that decision, you know, to not take a more traditional path. Like take me back to a few years ago when you actually got that record put out and you're like holding it for the first time. I had tears in my eyes. I drove to the warehouse and I picked up like the three boxes of 800 copies. And I was driving back to my apartment and I, I played the disc in because I had the old, an old car, a Ford Focus, so old, and it had CD players in it. So I put the CD in and my electroacoustic intro was playing. All my sound design was there. The production Tyrone did is there. My voice is coming out of my speakers in my car. And I was, I had tears in my eyes. So I said, this is my baby. Like, this is my first project. It's not perfect, but it's mine. And that's sort of what I felt. It was surreal, honestly. Yeah. And, and off of that one, um, I wrote, I wrote down the songs. Um, Don't believe you speak, which, which crossed outs in that, that music video. Um Unaware part two, blindside, and then uh, downtown summer, the other one that features crossed out. Those were all part of that record, right? In 18. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really dug it. And that's, that's actually kind of a good transition into, into another part that I wanted to touch on with you, which is just like the creativity in the, in the music videos that you've done. Like um, even the, the one for um, was the tangled hearts. That one had, uh, it was like all, it was just all like, uh, I don't know if anime is the right word, but it was animated. Like it was, it was really it's cool. Drawing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so take me through that creative, uh, that creative process. Cause like uh Joyride, you had like, you were all painted in silver and then like your <laughs> palms had like the, like the mouths on them, uh, you know, for people, you know, listening at home to picture it, like check out the music video. But uh, I guess kind of similar to the kiss logo, except without the tongue, but like, conceptually you've done some different stuff and like don't believe you speak like at the end everybody had like the x tape over their mouths and stuff like you really put a lot of thought into the the creativity of the music videos take me through kind of that process and the vibe of of doing these music videos that you put out yeah 
those were the good times. I, I look back like 2018 was such a good year because I, I also felt that personally as an artist, I was just starting out. I was just getting my name out there. Nobody knew who I was. I had very, very small fan base. And I felt like it was a point where I could have literally just done whatever I want. And there were no rules, if that makes any sense. It was all just like fun and experimenting. And there's always deeper meaning behind a lot of my lyrics. So I really wanted to find some creative psychological um, like ways that I could portray my message without being like super direct, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like just more subtle. Um, Don't Believe You Speak. It was a hard song actually to touch on because before Aaron, I was actually in an abusive relationship. And it's something I've been really open to talking about advocating for mental health and women abuse survivors specifically. And that's sort of what that song is about. It's about empowering yourself as a female. And we had kind of Aaron in the music video portray the kind of like douchey guy, the player. And I think that was sort of obvious in the music video and all the girls had very different like personas very different personalities but all in which um they're all like my personalities but portrayed differently if that makes any sense and then yeah. the snake has a lot of representation the x uh the tape on the mouth is a lot of like the speak no evil like i'm not taking like people's shit anymore basically is what that meant yeah, that was really cool. My, yeah, there were my two um, best friends from Toronto that were playing in the music video. We also had me being Melodica in the video, and I also dressed up as the mime. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really liked it. Well, and, and thank you for, for being open about that, because that's, you know, one, you know, the, the central theme of the show is perseverance and moving forward. So one, I want to say I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that Um I, it, that kind of stuff just makes my blood boil. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really happy that you survived it and you turned a negative into a positive through your music, you know, cause I'm sure that you've probably heard from a lot of your fans, you know, being open about this stuff. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm, and I'm happy you made it through and you turned it a negative into a positive melodica. Well, that's essentially the story of melodica. I just love how you said that because even in my bio, that's often what I, my goal is just to empower listeners. I mean, I'm a real person. People who listen to my music, they're real people experiencing real things, real shitty things sometimes. And a lot of people went through what I went through. And if I can turn a dark situation into light for them, make them feel empowered or give them something that they can just like vibe to and escape and feel good, then I've done my job, honestly. So that's what the whole project is about. And was there one, uh, there was one music video where, was that your fans in that one, uh, dancing without you? Uh, was that, was yeah. that during the pandemic putting that together? It was, it was last year, last, uh, June we released it. So last spring I was like recruiting a lot of my fans online to send me over some video snippets of them in the music video. So that was lots of fun. Yeah, because you're pretty active on YouTube and TikTok, right? Like, are you doing stuff every day? I try. YouTube, it's so hard to release, like, every day on YouTube. Like, it's a lot of work to put out content. 
I was going to um, say, and it takes a while for that stuff to load too. <laughs> I remember when I used to oh put just God. the audio version of my podcast on there and I thought about doing it again. And I was like, it takes forever to upload stuff. Yeah. I've made a decision. Like I stopped uploading as frequently on YouTube, like all my music videos and like good, better production stuff or covers are on YouTube. But now I'm starting to take TikTok a lot more seriously. So I'm on there every day doing like, I call it, original music covers and shenanigans honestly like that platform is wild there's nothing that you can't do on there so yeah <laughs> i'm there every have day. you gotten a, a pretty good response so far so good it's it's such a weird time honestly i hate saying this but like i feel like i'm the type of person that has a hard time fitting in these social media kind of trends or finding a niche because I always felt like I don't really have a niche, like I'm my own niche. So what niche am I going to fit in? So I'm just trying to create, continue to create my own world and hoping that people dig it and could be a part of it too. So, so far, so good. That's great to hear. Yeah. The, the dancing without you video, I thought that was really cool that you had different people and, and that's what it looked like to me was it was fans of yours. And, and I, that had to be fun putting that together and, uh, getting that kind of response and being able to connect with people in that way. And I think that's actually like one of the positive things about social media. Like for me, if it weren't for Instagram, I don't know how many artists I, I wouldn't have been able to discover. Just, I didn't get on Instagram till the pandemic. I'm like an old man in, in a 30 something year old's body. Like, and one of my buddies was like, dude, you need to get on Insta. You know, there's, there's a lot of people on there. And so it's um, there's a lot of vitriol on social media, but at the same time, I got to imagine as an artist, that's really cool that, you know, somebody can, you know, DM you or, or say, Hey, I really like this. And I know there's a lot of other crap that comes with that too, unfortunately. Right. There's people who just troll, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but it seems like you have a pretty good connection with people on, on the web with your fans. I'm doing the best I can like you, honestly, before the pandemic, I was not as active on social media. Um, I had to work like a full-time job to pay rent in Toronto. You know how it is to pay production, to pay studio sessions. Um, but I really understood during the pandemic, like how important social media is now. And that's why I'm releasing Digital Dreams next week. It's all about the metaverse. So I was going to say, yeah, pivoting into that, because I mean, you've been really busy during the pandemic, like dancing without you, it's a song, but it was also the name of your EP that came out in July of 21. Um, I loved crazy on there, the title track tangled hearts, um, which I think actually might be when I looked at, at Spotify, I think it might be your top, top song right now on Spotify is tangled hearts. Um, and then in addition to that, like you've also put out different mixes. So there's like captain ghost mode, right? Sean Savage, I was really digging a lot of the, the Sean Savage, like kind of like dance clubby, like mixes of, of your stuff. And then also, um, was it Toucan who also did a version of, of Tangled Hearts? Yep, that's right. So you, yeah, you've been, you and Crossed Out have been putting out a lot of content during the pandemic. So, so kind of take me through um, a lot of that. And, and you touched on it earlier with the restrictions. And I remember talking with, with Aaron about that on, on the podcast that he and I did too, just about kind of what it's been like in Canada. Um, you guys seem to be making the best of it, but um, how did that, all of that kind of translate into, into digital dreams, the, the single? 
Well, it really goes way back. So, I mean, if I backtrack a bit, I released the experimental electropop album Unaware in 2018. And then it was decided that Melodica, she's on her own and she's owning the name Melodica and she's going to be a solo artist. Okay. I had to <laughs> stop for a bit and think about that and take that in. So that's where Joyride came in. I collaborated with actually Crossed Out's producer from Life of the Party. Uh, their name is Adam back in Toronto from Pink Distortion Music. And I thought I was going to go into this rock realm. I thought I kind of did like the experimental pop. And now I thought that I'd maybe go more into like a rock realm. So I did that pop rock song, Joyride. And you were talking about the costume, like the silver body paint. And that whole project was like this big, my first single as a solo artist. And so it was just such an empowering moment. I built like a new social media audience through that song. And I was just sort of like overwhelmed. I just remember being like almost terrified from like the minor attention I was getting on social media from that song. So I took like a little bit of a hiatus. I took a break and I met Sean Savage and together we sort of discussed going about this route where we would do a retro inspired project. And that's where we were curating all these ideas where sonically we were experimenting with some 80s synths, old school reverbs, like from back in like the 70s, we actually ran all the vocals through like, it's on like synthetic through like um, a daub, but we ran it through tape. So it had like that really warm, gritty kind of old school texture in the vocals. Like if you think Blondie and Eurythmics and Depeche Mode and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. And that project took about, it took two years to make after Joyride. I released a random single, Bury the Bones, where we were like first experimenting with that sound, sort of more like a synth pop ballad. And then Crazy was the song from back in 2015 that I had recorded my first demo. I took my song and we reinvented it together, which was fun to release a track that was written in 2015 finally like a, like half a decade later so that was such a relief to release to release crazy and all the songs dancing without you and tangled hearts beautiful disguise all was part of that retro project and i think when that happened last year it really defined finally who i was as an artist i'm like this is me i'm like new school retro so the whole project just allowed me to truly discover who Melodica is. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear because it sounds like, you know, with those those mixes and stuff, I mean, I just, there's definitely a vibe there with like the the electronic stuff and the dance stuff. And even like how you just explained it, that's really cool. The uh, the synthy vibe and then giving it that warm kind of 70s sound. Because um, I love all that stuff. Like I got really into synth wave music like in the last few years, kind of almost pre-pandemic. And I, I don't really know where it started. Like I've always loved eighties music. I've just always loved that, that era and that time. And like my mom was uh, really, you know, was, she still is really into like, you know, staying in the police and talking heads and Duran Duran, all the like eighties new wave stuff. And, um, but I don't, oddly enough, like stranger things, which I'll just say, I, I know people probably don't like people like me who say this, but I was on that early before it like blew up. Like I, when that show first came <laughs> out, I was on that show, but 
I have to watch the intro to that show because I love that synth like intro that they have, you know, and so I've gotten into bands like uh, Time Cop 1983. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I love Time Cop 1983, Trevor something, FM 84. But but yeah, that that vibe that you have, I think it's really cool Um, because I know in your bio, it kind of it's described like you being known for having a distinct lower register. but also kind of being referred to as like new retro and electro pop. And I think that's really accurate for your sound, you know? Yeah. um, I've gotten a lot of mixed messages about my voice. Um, It's people, they love it or hate it. We're in an industry where everything is so heavy auto-tuned that they're just not used to a lower register. I mean, for me, I'm used to it because that's the kind of music I listen to. If all the songs, all the music we were just talking about from back in the 70s and 80s had that kind of soul, like that lower end, that kind of more larger than life, heavy soul sound in their vocals. So I kind of just grew up with that. And that's just how I naturally sing. So people love it or hate it. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate to me, Melodica, that I feel like, um, you know, on one end, I really love the that the aspect that you know like right on your phone you can just have access to thousands and thousands of songs but at the same time there's like a catalog process to that though too where you know you're talking about you know discovering your identity as a solo artist it's to be put on playlists and stuff you almost have to have a genre you know and and be put in some type of a box that's palatable for somebody like is it is that still something that that you're navigating as far as that goes because you have these different vibes in your sound? I mean, I think the overarching cloud would probably be pop, right? Or electronic, but there's other elements in there. I mean, is it is it weird being an artist in, in today's day and age? Because on one end, like we talked about, like you can have this access to your fans, but at the same time, that's that's the one thing that I'm I know I won't say it concerns me, but I just think. I'm trying to think of it from a musician's perspective when it comes to especially these playlists and algorithms and all that, like there is a certain element of that where there kind of has to be a label associated with you as an artist. And I don't know if that's good or bad, you know? Well, there's certain expectations and especially like if my umbrella is pop, right? Like my songs, they all have like different kind of like taste, like some have a more like urban pop beat, hip hop rock alt pop whatever you name it even punk now with the stuff i do with crossed out but the overall umbrella right is pop music so when people see melodica and they see that she's a pop artist their their expectations is like super high auto-tune and a really like i don't know i've literally been told you should try singing in a higher register i'm like you want to do surgery and literally give me like a different voice. Like I can't change <laughs> yeah. for you, but right. that happens all the time. And it's just like, I am who I am. So you don't have to like it. So we could just move on. It, it's really difficult. Um, the expectations for being a pop artist today is just like, it almost seems like there's just one sound. And if you don't sound like that, you kind of just get discarded. I mean, have you got, I'm sure you've had to have gotten like some positive feedback though, too, right in there? Because I mean, I mean, I, I think on Spotify, you've got, what is it like over almost 82,000 listeners? I mean, that that's, those are some serious 
eyeballs, you know what I mean? Especially for an independent artist. So have you gotten positive feedback? Like I'm sure there's gotta be people in the industry that probably dig that sound too, you know, and, and dig something different. Oh, definitely. And that's what I focus more on, right? Like my music is for those people who love it. And there's definitely people who enjoy it. That's for sure. I get really nice reviews and comments almost on a daily on social media. So, so far, so good. Good, good. I'm glad there's a balance there, man. Cause yeah, I, it's, I feel like negative experiences in life, they kind of stick with us more for whatever reason. Like you could have one person say something really awesome and nice, uh, you know, or five people say something really awesome and nice and one person say something negative and you'll be like, oh, what's wrong with that? Why did they do that? Um, but yeah, well, I hope you keep doing your thing um, because I think, you know, when you really look at artists that break through and I know you've listed like Lady Gaga is like a, an influence, right? Um, yeah. Even Lady Gaga, like, I mean, obviously she was probably influenced by the likes of Madonna or whoever, but like she has her own vibe, like when it comes to her style, when it comes to her albums. Um, and, and I think it's cool that she's been doing, you know, more film. Uh, so I, I feel like even when I look at uh, bands in the genre that I like, like metal and stuff, the, the bands that end up having that staying power, like Korn is one of my favorite bands when they first came out, nobody knew what to do with them, you know, because it was like they had like these kind of like <laughs> crazy riffs that were like almost like Cypress Hill influenced. And then they had these like down tune guitars and long hair and dreadlocks. And Jonathan Davis is like doing his crazy thing on the mic. And, and so they they had a tough time in the beginning in terms of like they were on tour with all these different bands. But then when you look 25 years later, they're one of the most influential bands you know, in music and especially heavy music. So I always point to artists like that, where it's like, I'm sure there was a time when somebody told Lady Gaga, like, oh, what are, what is she doing? Right. And, and look where she is now. So I hope that well, you just is. stay authentic to yourself, you know, and keep doing your thing. She was actually rejected by labels, I think twice before she got signed on her first big album. Like they didn't like what she was doing and she was fearless. She's like, no, I'm the future of pop. You're just going to see. And she was right. <laughs> yeah. Bet on yourself. Well, Melodica, I don't want to keep up too much more of your time because I told you I'd only keep you an hour. But um, just a few more things that I wanted to ask you. And thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time and being open and honest about your path. Um, for you, with with digital dreams coming out, how excited are you for for this one? Because I know you, you, I think you even kind of wrote on social media, like, you know, a lot of your stuff has re referenced, you know, past relationship or, or experience that you've been through, and this is kind of a different take, right? So, uh, give people a little uh, a little tease, I guess, a little taste of what what they can expect with this one. This one, I would say, is really quirky and cynical, but clever. I would say it. When you hear the lyrics, I won't give them away yet um, because it's coming out next week. But when you listen to the lyrics, they're literally just so relevant to the times that we live in. And it, it really, I'm hoping that it, it will make listeners think a little bit of like what they're really getting into when they're creating like their whole new world online. Like we're in like, I think the third stage of the web. Like we're not just reading things online. And now we're not just like interacting with each other online, but now there's virtual spaces online. Like you can, you can buy virtual clothes. You can own virtual land. Like you can be anyone you want to be online. 
it's cool and scary. <laughs> so yeah, I really wanted I, to talk about that. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I, I still don't really understand. I, I have no idea what's going on with like Bitcoin NFTs. I have, I have no, I, I definitely feel like an old man when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, when you put it in those kind of terms of like, buying virtual stuff online it's we we're there you know that the stuff that was in movies and culture when we were kids like it were it's happening right now yeah and i guess um one thing i would love to say about digital dreams is that the overall message is a positive one it's all about what we can do with this technology and the new phase we're entering in social media is we can just send some love that's awesome well, the last thing that I'll ask you, Melodica, because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to hijack any more of your Friday night. And again, thank you so much for the time. I, this has been great talking with you. Um, as somebody who's, you know, an abuse survivor, as somebody who, you know, chased your dream, dropped out of college, like you've, you've, you've been through stuff, but you're still here to tell the tale, and you're still empowering people, not just women, but you know, listeners of your music and 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 developing this audience, and even in a tough time like right now where you know, be, just being able to perform live shows. Uh, I know you did a show with, with crossed out, what was it October? And that was like the first one in almost two years with everything going on. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give anybody listen to this, especially maybe the younger audience, you know, whether, whether they're going through depression or maybe they're, they're going through some type of God forbid, you know, mental or physical abuse, like as somebody who survived that as somebody who's chasing your dreams, you know, what, what, what do you want to leave those kids who listen to this, uh, what do you want to leave them with just in terms of things that have helped you along the way that you feel like might be beneficial to them? To just trust your gut. Don't second think, don't second guess yourself. Don't have doubts. If there's something that you're really passionate in, follow that dream and live that dream and be the dream. That's awesome. Well, Melodica, thank you again so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm really happy that you and Crossed Out are still doing your thing as far as music and and just uh, that you guys have like a musical love story too. That's really cool. It's I'm glad that you guys are in it together. And um, this won't be the last time I have either one of you on. So I really appreciate you stopping by. Looking forward to be back. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Keep doing your thing and let's keep in touch. Thank you so much. This was fun. It was great. Thanks. have it that was my conversation with the one and only melodica make sure you go follow her on instagram at melodica check out her music videos listen to her songs like subscribe and share her stuff give her all of her roses because she deserves it the links to everything she's doing will be in the podcast description for this episode melodica i just want to say thank you again so much for coming by the podcast and sharing your story the fact that you have overcome abuse you're an abuse survivor You've confidently gone in the direction of your dreams. You're overcoming your own anxieties and fears, going after what you love. And that is what this show is all about, my friend. So thank you so much to you for just being a beacon of inspiration, not only for women, but for everybody out there who's battling something that that a lot of people don't know about. And they're going through whatever they're going through right now. I really think this conversation and your story is going to help them a lot. So I really appreciate you 
going to those places with me on this this episode, being vulnerable, and also just being an inspiration for everybody out there to chase down their dreams because that's exactly what you're doing. I'm a genuine fan of what you're doing, and I just really, really appreciate you coming by the show. And again, for everybody who listened to that episode, I hope you really appreciated that conversation and enjoyed it as much as I did, man. Like, it's just, um, you know, everybody's going through something that none of us know anything about. And uh, I just think that Melodica's story just just from her own anxieties in terms of stage fright, you know, being an abuse survivor and and getting to the point where she's at now. And, and obviously there's been a lot of struggles in these past two years in terms of the pandemic and the restrictions in the U.S. and Canada as we battle the COVID pandemic. It's There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but it hasn't stopped her from creating. It hasn't stopped her from chasing her dreams. And, you know, she's putting out some some great content. Like I said at the top of this thing, her latest single, Digital Dreams, is nearing 14,000 streams. And by the time you guys hear this on Tuesday, March 15th, it, it might even be over that. Um, it's just really cool to see her developing her sound and, and, and just getting the kind of attention that she's getting because she deserves it. So once again, make sure you go follow her on Instagram at Melodica. All the links will be in the podcast description for this episode. And I also want to give a shout out to her boyfriend, Aaron, a.k.a. Crossed Out. If you guys are into rap music, he just did a five-year anniversary re-release and remaster of his Life of the Party EP. So I'll put the link to that in the podcast description as well. It's a great rap EP. Again, if you guys love hip-hop, he blends genres as well with you know punk and rock and stuff. So it's a, it's a great listen, man. So make sure you check that out. And again, I just want to say thank you to all of you for listening. I really, really appreciate all the love and support that I've gotten for this show to see the audience grow, you know, incrementally over these last two years since I've gotten back into this puppy full swing during the pandemic. It really just is, um, it's really cool to see. I would do it anyway because I love to do this, but to know that there's people who are tuning in, uh, to know that there's people who are showing love, it really means a lot, y'all. And, and again, I really hope that these conversations are as awesome for you as they are for me because uh, there's there's a lot of love in the world. There's a lot of good people in this world. I know there's a lot of vitriol too, but I hope when you guys listen to these shows that um, you know it brightens up your day and it inspires you and just lights a fire in your stomach to just go after what you love, to not take crap from anybody, and, and um, you know to just go confidently in the direction of your dreams, man. So on that note, I want to say keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Melodica, here is her latest single, Digital Dreams. Peace.